Are you enjoying the Women of Aurora podcast? Do you think of questions you'd like to ask our guest? As you are listening on any of the apps where you are directly downloading the Women of Aurora podcast, you can now open the episode description and click on the highlighted link that says join the conversation. This opens the galas.fm platform with the app and you can leave a comment or question right in the app. You can type or speak your question. We'd love to hear from you. Hello and welcome to Women of Aurora, a podcast featuring remarkable women entrepreneurs and leaders working in and around the city of Aurora, Illinois. We discuss how to be successful in your business and in life as we network, support, and uplift each other. Join us to learn how to build authentic connections and have fun in a safe and open space. I'm Cynthia Gamboa Morales, a wife, mother, entrepreneur, and the founder of Women of Aurora. Our guest today has a passion to empower families to solve their most pressing money concerns. She gets to the root of the problem, shows clients how to apply simple strategies, and walks them through a step-by-step plan to achieve their financial goals. Owner of Key Financial Solutions located on the west side of Aurora, let's welcome Martha Chavez. Hi, Martha. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Women of Aurora podcast. How are you feeling? I'm great, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me on. It's such a privilege and an honor and I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate learning so much about you and your business. And I'm excited for this interview and just to kind of go through a series of questions today with you. But then also, um, we're going to spotlight you and we're going to highlight you in a commercial. So I'm excited to share that with the Women of Aurora. Wow. That's very exciting. Thank you. (laughs) So thank you again for being here. Let's just get to it. How are you helping your clients understand their financial picture and set achievable goals? Well, the number one thing I found is being an accountant is um, that people come in to do their taxes and I could see kind of like a mechanic who lifts the hood off of a car and knows what all the moving parts are and can immediately tell you, you know, which hose needs to be changed and all of that stuff. When I lift the hood of someone's finances looking at their tax return, I can spotlight and see where there's some pitfalls, where they're doing great and where they could do a little bit better. So my specialty is in not just preparing your tax return, because truth be told, you could probably prepare your own tax return and most people do. But my specialty is in being able to spotlight what needs to be uh, tweaked for the better or what needs to be tweaked to stop the bleeding or you overpaying in taxes or Maybe you're super behind in saving for retirement and and uh, haven't really thought about that. So I just open it up for conversation. Um, and that's really what we do. We just have open and honest and candid conversations about where they are, where they'd like to be, and how much time we have to get them there. So knowing those components, then I can tailor a special made plan just for them. That's incredible. So what would you say your title is? Is it tax preparer? Is it financial advisor? Is it retirement planner? What would you, I mean, I feel like you're doing all of these three roles in one. Yes. So what I found is that I am a strategist. Uh, So you don't want somebody to just prepare something or or do something, but rather to strategize with you, right? So if you're looking and seeing what the problems are, what the solutions could be, then I can strategize with you, not tell you what to do. But we strategize together to come up with a plan that's going to get you exactly where you want to be and hopefully in the time frame, depending on when you get started. Right. Because that's very crucial. So when should somebody get started and be your client? Honestly, I love having the conversations with the kids that are getting their very first job. 
because it's just like anything else in life. If we think about um, the world of health, right? The earlier you start working out, the stronger your muscles get. It just becomes something that you do. It's part of your lifestyle. And by the time you realize that you're a very strong, healthy individual because you started younger. If we wait until we're in our 40s and 50s to suddenly decide we want to be healthy, it's not impossible. It's just more difficult. It's been done, but it is going to take it's a little bit of a much more difficult, right? Mm -hmm. So with finances, you want to start building that muscle very young. And then it just kind of takes a, a, on a life of its own. Yeah. Um, and one of my beautiful things that I love to teach is about compound interest and how it could work for you and then how it could work against you. Yes. Um, and the earlier you understand these concepts, the earlier you can begin to get a really good footing into, with your finances and then not have to worry about finding money for retirement later on in the future. Right. And I think for young people, that resonates. You're getting your first paycheck. And now when you think about the future, you're going to be able to flex more, right? That, that urban term of flexing yes. and being able to flex all the flashy things. Well, if you want flashy things, guess what? You got to save towards them, right? right? That's incredible. And especially starting early on. So tell me a little bit more about what you do in your business when you talk about saving for retirement. How early should someone start? Um, basically, I don't use the word retirement because it has a very negative connotation for a lot of people. Really? It's scary. Oh. When you think about retirement, number one, if you're young, it feels so far off mm. that it's really not important. And you figure you've got a ton of time and yes. you're going to be okay. So you're going to do all these other things first. And when you're older, the word retirement gets people to get all sweaty and, and shaky because they know they didn't start early yeah. enough. They know they're behind. A sense and so of panic hits in. Yes. Oh, so now it becomes okay. a negative conversation instead of a positive one. So what do you call it then? If not retirement, what is it? I actually teach people how to save for their lifestyle. Oh. And so very early on, we split up the money, right? So if we know we have a paycheck and we know that we're saving for something in the future that might come up, because what I say all the time is that life will life you and it won't give you notice. Facts. Facts. Right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that are going to come up in your life way before you decide to retire in your 60s or 70s. True. So we want to be prepared for those long-term life things that are going to come up. But at the beginning, we also want to set aside some money for unexpected things like an emergency fund, other right. people call it. But we also want to set money aside for things that we want to do. Mm. So that way we don't derail ourselves. If we're already saving for that um, washer breaking down, right? You're, you're needing an engine in your car or yeah. what have you. But then at the same time, you're saving to go on vacation and to go shopping and to go, you know, to the fun things that you want to do without derailing your, your budget. Right. Just right. So you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, emotional spending is a very real thing. Facts. So let's plan ahead for it. Yeah. You know, we all know that we're going to want to go do something, especially when something great happens or when something bad happens, people go spend money. I deserve this because I just went through this horrific thing. So I'm going to go put that vacation on a credit card mm -hmm. or I deserve this because I just accomplished this amazing thing. Right. So I'm going to go buy those golf clubs or go buy that you know, Fendi bag or whatever it may be. Well, right. <laughs> but if you got money like yeah. that. Well. But if you have money like that, if you've set it aside in anticipation of that moment inevitably coming up in your life. Right. Right. And I think too, like we talk about like spending and, you know, accumulating debt. But I, I, I feel like now the new term, especially with COVID has been, you know, finding out, so, out like 
ways of making money or I don't side know, hustles. side hustles. <laughs> Thank you. Like side hustles or, you know, having additional forms of income. I feel like a lot of that also comes with the change of times. Mm-hmm. And, and we were talking earlier about how quickly things can change. And I think COVID has taught us that you have to be prepared because of, you know, the loss of life or the loss of work even. Correct. So in, in, in 2020, what, what did you see where a lot of either the uplifting or the pitfalls in finances for folks? I think it was a rude awakening for some people because we're so used to living paycheck to paycheck and taking for granted that we're always going to be healthy. And, mm-hmm. and I've had the conversation with people who, when we talk about possibly retiring, they're like, oh, I'm never going to retire. I love what I do. I'm going to work mm-hmm. forever. Right. And I said, well, and that's, that's wonderful either. if you can. Mm-hmm. So I know that you're willing to and you want to, but what happens if you can't? Right. What happens if some life event lifes you? Right. And you get incapacitated somehow. Then what? What's your backup plan for that? Right. You know, and then not being able to work, not being able to find work or not being able to work. How much do you have saved? So where you don't have to panic because the mortgage is coming up due, how much savings do you actually have in preparation of those life events? Right. So when they come to see you and they have very little savings or very little idea of what everything that finances entails, right? Because there's so many moving parts to it. Mm -hmm. What can they expect to hear or learn First off the bat with with having a conversation with you. Um, the number one thing is that just having the conversation is going to open up a whole new world for you. And I always tell people, let's just talk about it. Let's just have a conversation. I'm going to give you options. I'm going to teach you things. Some of them you've heard of, some of them you've never heard of. And if at the end of our conversation, you go back to doing exactly what you were doing before we met, that's totally okay. Hmm. Except for now, it's going to be a real choice. You're going to do that thing because you chose to do it instead of what I find is that people do something because they think that there's nothing else. There are no other options Mm -hmm. or they don't know that other things exist. So that's not an empowered decision. So after a conversation, you can make an empowered choice that you want to continue down the road that you've been. Or maybe it's time to make some changes. Right. Continue getting the same results. Correct. Versus receiving and acknowledging the information that you've shared with them. Right. Right. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think you're right. Like we live in a cyclical lifestyle where, you know, we, we try to improve and advance and then we fall back into those same pitfalls. And, and folks like you exist to make sure that we're not falling back into those pitfalls and that we're prepared for the future. So that's very exciting to know. And, and I think being an an entrepreneur, right? It leads me to my next question because I think one, you did a fantastic job as a contributor in Q1 and and helping us how learning the correct way or the processes of how to establish a business. So if you're a business owner and, and anyone listening to this, you know, if you're a sole entrepreneur, it can get lonely. It does. And finances are scary, especially when you're dealing with IRS and you're dealing with all these moving parts. So if an entrepreneur or solopreneur, a woman were to come to you and say, hey, you know, this is where I'm at. How can I advance in my in my both my finances? I want to expand my books. I want to expand my growth in my company. How do you help the ladies do this? Or how would you help a solo entrepreneur or even an inspiring entrepreneur? 
to get started on the right foot or heading towards the right direction. As far as uh, saving or? No, just in general finances, because I, one of the things that you did with Women of Aurora was to contribute and uh, the knowledge of how to start your business, your LLC, the differences between those pieces. So I feel like you come with a wealth of knowledge Thank that you. when folks come to you, they're going to be blown away by everything that you can do. If somebody were to start a business and they come to you, what can they expect? Um, I actually take about a two hour time block when I'm talking to someone about even the thought or the um, I'm thinking about starting a business. Um, and the reason that I do that is number one, you're very good at what you do. And that's probably why you want to open a business or do that side hustle. Maybe you're a phenomenal baker and you can make grandma's, you know, pound cake for everyone. And that's great. But how do you monetize it? And then not only how do you monetize it, but how do you keep most of your revenue instead of either losing it yeah. to bad investing or not knowing how to keep a proper inventory or worse, overpaying in taxes when you don't have to. Right. A lot of the people that come to me have already incorporated or gotten an LLC started. And the reason they come to me is that they have the piece of paper that says they're an LLC, but they have no idea how it works. Mm. How do I get taxed? Why does that happen? Why does this happen? And how can I avoid it? And so the number one thing that I teach people is how to pay the least amount of taxes that you that you can legally, of course, by following their rule book. The IRS has a ginormous book of rules. I mean, it's my job to read them and understand them so you don't have to. And then I guide you in exactly how they work for your particular business and for you're trying to do. An LLC has its place for some people, but for other people, it isn't the place to start. So I just look again where you are, where you want to get to and what our time frame is. And then I kind of coach you and strategize with you to make sure that you understand all the moving pieces, how they affect you, how they work together, sometimes against you. And then you can make more of an educated decision on how to move forward with that. I love it. And especially setting goals. I feel like you're really good about not only just giving them the resource, but helping them to set goals for their um, financial strategy, helping them set goals for where they want to land in five, 10 years. Can you give me an example of maybe of somebody that you've worked with or, or maybe a most recent story of somebody that you've worked with and where they started to where they might be now? Absolutely. Um, I had a conversation recently with someone who started a trucking business. And again, he uh, got it incorporated and was an S corp. But when I asked him why he chose that, he had no idea why. Um, they just told me to do that. They said that was the best thing. Well, why is that the best thing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And just all of the different components that go with that, he had no idea how it even worked. Oh, wow. But in keeping with the setting goals and the finances portion, he had no idea how much money he was making. He had no idea how much money was leaving and going away from him never to come back. Wow. And had no idea how much money he had actually profited the year before. And so when you say that you have a business and you cannot answer those questions for me, what was your profit last year? How much money did you earn? How much money did you keep? Then you're really not running a business. You basically are just doing a hobby that you get paid for, but that's not a business. 
in order for you to run a business, you need to have those numbers and be able to, you know, reiterate them back. Because if you don't even know how much money you're making or keeping, how could you possibly plan ahead for what you want to do with those profits? Right. Or growth. How can you plan for growth if you don't know if you're even profitable? Correct. Yes. Very important. So you can help folks not only talk about taxes and preparing taxes and making sure they understand why they're paying what they're paying or even the rates because they've changed, right? Yeah, they change a lot. So every November tax law gets voted on. And so we as accountants and tax preparers get the new law and we have to read through it and understand it and see who it applies to and what type of clients we might have that have been affected by those laws. When I ask people about, you know, their tax rate, what tax bracket they're in, Nobody knows that. I don't understand Nobody that. understands what they're looking at. So one of the th- things that I do that I get the most referrals for is I literally go over every single line in your tax return with you and I explain what it is, where the number's coming from, and if it's a number that we don't like, what we can do and what steps we can be proactive in to make sure that that number gets better. Yes, yes, because you're right. Understanding how much you're going to have to pay back or how much you're getting back sometimes is very important to making sure that you have your books in order. Absolutely. And that's even if you don't own a business. There are a lot of people that don't understand why they get refunds or why they owe. Um, They have a number in their brain of what they think they should because their coworker makes the same amount of money they do. Mm -hmm. There are so many different moving parts to why that bottom line is what it is, right? you know, from how they file, whether they're single or not, whether they have children or not, what their deductions might be, how much they withhold, all of those things play a part into your bottom line. But if you don't understand what the numbers mean, where they come from, or what power you have to change them, then the result just happens to you versus you creating the result. Yes. Well, let's talk about that then, because I feel like in generations, Everybody in generations has a different experience. And I touch on my experience as a Latina, right? My parents went and got their their taxes done with the tax preparer, came home, and that was the end of it. We never talked about it. Mm-hmm. We never talked about – we talked about savings and making sure you had a savings. My father found out early in life that you could start a CD and, you know, invest in these um, opportunities and five-year CDs and 10-year CDs and so forth at the bank – and they would get some return back. They were they were lucky to have worked for uh, an organization that set them up for those later years, right? But at home, how should we be talking about our finances, whether it's with our significant other or our children? Let's talk about our children. How do we talk to our children about finances at an early age? I have little ones under the age of 10. What can I be sharing with them now? to make sure that they understand that finances are not a scary subject or taxes. I mean, ta- I think you think retirement is bad. I think taxes yes. is the bad word, right? Yes. But but go ahead. Tell us. People are just as afraid of the taxes are as they are of the dentist. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and they it. avoid both. I trust love me. the analogy. <laughs> um, so with children, I think we don't underestimate them. Mm. Even a toddler understands the concept of sharing. Mm-hmm. Right. Keeping the whole thing for yourself or sharing with others. So that's a good opportunity to talk with children about even how as young as they might be mm. when they get a birthday card with from grandma with money in it, when they find coins on the ground, when they see you going shopping and doing different things, involve them in the conversation and explain it just in everyday language. 
And it just becomes part of their language. It just becomes part of what they think about and part of what they do. So what I did um, with my oldest son is when I would sit down to do uh, pay the bills, we used to sit down and pay bills, y'all, back in the day, yes, write checks yes, and yes. mail bills out. I know everything's electronic the kitchen now. table. Yes, the good old kitchen table. Yes. So I would invite him to come sit with me and I would with the ruse of come help mom, mm. open these envelopes, write our address in the corner. And this is why you write the address in the left-hand corner. And this is how you write a checkout. And this is what the numbers mean. I would have them organize the bills for me um, and put them all in order. And I would say, okay, now give me the mortgage statement. And he'd have to look through and read and find the mortgage statement. Yeah. So it just became part of what he did. And as he got into high school and I knew he was getting ready to start his first job and we were getting ready to help him buy a car, I had the conversation ahead of time. And I said, you see this bill right here? This is insurance. And every vehicle needs insurance. And here's why. This is how much it costs. Because you're young and you're a male, it's going to be very expensive. And here's why. All If people understand the why of something mm. – then yes. they can make a better decision. But if you just tell them do this and not why they're doing it or why it's important to them, then they just do it, but they don't understand it. And understanding is key. So by the time he got his first job, he understood what car payments were. He understood what insurance was. He knew how much gas prices were. He understood all of those things. And so he went into the workforce prepared. Mm. And now when he got his first paycheck, we sat down. We celebrated, right? Yes. You got your first paycheck and we made a really big deal out of it. He's always been a saver just naturally. My second one, not so much. Um, but <laughs> I think it falls in that it pattern. It was an exciting wink, moment wink. to say, here, you've earned some pay. Now, what are we going to do with that? Mm. And out of his own mouth, he said, well, I have to save for my car. I have to save for my insurance. I know I have to put money aside for gas. But mom, how do I have enough then to go out for pizza and, and the football games and the other things I want to do with my friends? Mm. So that goes back full circle to what we were talking about earlier. If we can plan ahead, not just for our responsibilities, not just for emergencies in case the car broke down, right. but for the fun, because we want to have fun. Right. We want to go out there and do some things with our money, but we don't want to feel bad about it. We don't want to feel like we're taking away from something that, that we're responsible for if we go ahead and budget ahead of time, mm. because we know homecoming's coming up, or we know this other event's coming up, then it's, it doesn't have to be a detrimental thing. And that week's pay yeah. because we didn't prepare ahead. So he had fun with portion of his money and was responsible with the other portion of his money. And then from his very first paycheck, I taught him to save and pay himself first. Mm. You have to save and pay yourself first. So he decided on a, on a percentage that he was comfortable with. And he began to save at that tender age of 16. Oh, wow. That's and he's early. always been a saver and it's just money's not an issue for him because he understands it. Well, you you said you touched on something that really hit home. It's making those teachable moments, taking the extra two, three, five seconds to be like, here, this is how much we're paying at the store. This is how much is being spent. And here's what taxes look like, right? Like here's how much is going to the store and here's how much is going to, you know, taxes. So those teachable moments are key and just you know, slowing down for those teachable moments is incredible. Even at the grocery store. But, yeah. If you're going through the grocery store, tell them why are you choosing that item over that item if they're right. all the same. Teach them how to read the little tags on the thing. See, this says 
per unit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Quantity, it just teach yes. them what all those little different things mean so that they understand how it works. My daughter used to say, let's go get free money from, from that place. Put your card in and let's go get free money. <laughs> yes. Um, you mean the ATM? <laughs> Every child thinks that's free money. Yes. So if we take the moment to help them understand, you know, mommy and daddy work and we get money for that. Right. And then we put the money in the bank. And that's just the place where we go and get the money out. But you have to have it there in the first place. It's not free. We have to work for it. <laughs> right. But it's so cute because every child thinks it's free money. I laugh because my children are like, Mom, don't you just have a credit card? Yes, I have a credit card. But I also have a credit card statement. <laughs> like, yes. would you like to see the statement? Yeah, you should show them yes. that. Help them understand that. This episode is sponsored by Key Financial Solutions. Financial literacy is so crucial. How can you do the right thing if you've never been taught? Martha Chavez of Key Financial Solutions specializes in helping professional women of color to be completely debt-free in nine years or less and create a tax-free, guaranteed income. Martha offers a special framework to empower her clients to solve their most pressing money concerns. Get out of debt, fund your retirement, manage your taxes, and more. Call Martha Chavez at Key Financial Solutions at 630-263-7070. Absolutely. Very, very key teachable moments. But then you you leaned on something that is so true. Guilt or feelings around finances are very real. So how you feel about your finances impacts your relationship with finances. So how do you talk to your clients about the feelings or maybe they're being scared or maybe they were told money is bad growing up? How do you change that perception in your clients? I'm going to hone in on women for this one. Yes. Because women are the biggest ones that carry that money guilt, particularly if it's for something for themselves. Yes. Um, spending on your nails or your anything. Hair. Absolutely. Yes. And so again, if we can plan ahead for those things that we want to do, then we don't have to feel bad about it mm. because you're not taking money. I mean, if you are le legitimately taking money from your grocery budget to go do something and splurge on yourself, then, you know, that's probably not the wisest thing mm. in the world. But if you've already met all of your responsibilities for the month, You've already done everything that you wanted to do and, and need to do. And there is money left over. And you, you, I mean, even if you don't work, you're contributing to the households where you are working towards a common goal. Um, you, you are a domestic engineer and you should be yes. rewarded as such, but don't feel bad for doing things that are good for you. You have to take care of yourself first. You cannot pour from an empty cup. So we have to find ways to renew ourselves. Um, I honestly am not a big shopper. I'm not, you know, I don't really do that so much, but I love moments and memories. Mm. And so I save for those. And when I take my daughter, you know, now that she's the only one left at home, we'll go downtown Chicago. We'll go to Water Tower. We'll spend a few hundred dollars at American Girl store mm. or whatever. And it's okay. And it, it, it doesn't hurt anything because I've set that money aside for that. So that's her love is, you know, American girl and all these different things. I personally love massages. <laughs> I have to have massages or I won't survive tax yeah. season. So it's both from a health perspective, but it's a mental health thing. Mm. 
But my fun thing is I love, love, love concerts. I love Bulls games and Cubs games. So I literally have a budget and you cannot mess with that budget Mm. because it's so important to me. So I need to be able to go and do those things and feel good and have fun at the event instead of thinking in the back of my head, oh, I shouldn't have spent, you know, those $200 for that better seat or I shouldn't have, you know, no, yes, I should because I deserve it too. That's when you reward yourself. Absolutely. You find those I those key pieces that you found your love language and you've had your co- love language conversation with your money. Yes. And you've said, hey, this money is for me and this is what I choose to spend it on without any guilt. Right. With my mom, it's flowers. She absolutely yes. loves her garden. She loves the beautiful colors. And she always says, oh, no, it's too expensive. I shouldn't be spending that money on that. And I'm like, yes, you should. Mm. Because I love the joy of your face in the morning when you go out on the deck with your coffee and you're watering your plants and you're just enjoying the colors and the beauty and all the little bees and the hummingbirds and everything else. And then in the evening, you go out there and you tend to them and you care for them. And it's like your little thing that you do. And it's important. And maybe it's a little pricier than what you're used to or what you grew up with. But if it brings you joy or it brings you peace or it gives you any, any good feeling, then just budget ahead for it and right. then just go for it. Right. Because then you can live in abundance. Absolutely. In abundance of what brings you joy. And I think we heard that a lot through the pandemic is that you want to live in abundance and you want to be able to bring what brings you joy closer Absolutely. now more than ever. So that's very important. And I feel like having that conversation, if you're, if you're counting money and you're feeling guilty or if you're feeling anger or if you're feeling resentment or just any, any type of feeling, any negative feeling to have that conversation with yourself, because then you get to the root of why am I not saving? Why am I not able to save? Or if you're living paycheck to paycheck, right? Or if you have a side hustle now, right? We saw everybody pivot in 2020 and they have side hustles. And they're still living paycheck to paycheck. So having those conversations are important, but getting down to the root of the problem and then making a plan for it is why they should come to meet you. Absolutely. Yes. And here's the thing. It's when people make more money, but they don't have more knowledge, Mm. they repeat the same mistakes. Because I have clients that make multiple six figures and have no money saved. Yes. These people still get payday loans. These people are still out there paying, you know, 28% on a credit card because they don't know better. In contrast, I have other clients who literally work minimum wage jobs and still put their kids through college mm. and still have a paid off home and still do all of these things. Right. So, of course, we are taught to think that more money is going to solve the problem. But more money and more education, college education, traditional education does not solve your money issues. There is a particular finance knowledge and finance language that you need to understand. And it's not math. Right, right. The money language is all about whether or not you are living from a place of lack and always afraid that it's going to run out, always afraid that you're never going to have enough. And when you come from that place, no matter how much you make, you will not have enough. So you have to have not only the the language of, of abundance, but it all starts with your with your mindset. Your foundation is the way that you think about a thing is the way that that thing is going to be. Yes. Yes. What is her name? Cisneros touches on this on her. You're a badass. 
at making money or you can make money or forgive me if I'm totally butchering her the title of the book and her name, but she talks about having that conversation with yourself about, you know, understanding where you're coming from with your money and that relationship. What is your relationship with that money? Because you can be making, you know, six figure income and have nothing to show for it or have a ton of stuff, but really in the bank, it's just, you know, fluff. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's incredible. So in your thoughts, right? What would you like to tell somebody that's just starting this journey? Somebody that's just starting to look at their finances or starting to have that conversation with themselves. Like, what would you say the first step needs to be? I think the first step is just a decision that you can do better. Even if you don't know how, just deciding that I know there's something else out there. I know that there's probably a better way. Let me go find it. That decision alone is going to set you leaps and bounds above and ahead everyone else who hasn't even decided that. Mm. So you will find the answer. If you ask the question, you will find the answer. It's just a matter of asking the question, how could I do better? What's out there? Where can I learn this? Who could I talk to? Um, One of my favorite things to say is somebody has your answer. If you ask the question, somebody has your answer. So who can I go talk to that has the answer to my most pressing question right now so that I can cut through the, the, the muck and I'd have to go figure out for myself. We were talking earlier about gardening and I said, that's just really not my deal. Yes. I've tried it. I've wanted to like it. I wanted to be able to do it. I just, I, one, I don't enjoy it, which is probably the biggest <laughs> the thing. The labor intensity. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be out there hot and sweaty right. and not have a drink and my hand or a bathing suit on. That's not going to happen, right? <laughs> but if I'm not good at it and I don't like it, should I really be doing it? Or is there someone better suited who likes it, is good at it, is efficient, that's going to get it done quicker and a hundred times better than me? So if finances aren't your thing or you hate math like most people, you know, talk to someone, aka me, that loves math, that loves solving problems, that loves having that conversation and can then turn your question into a solution and give you all of the little micro steps that you need to do to get there in a way you can understand. Faster. Faster much way to do faster, things. much faster. So in the community, where can folks find you in, in the community of Aurora or in the surrounding communities? How are you getting your message out into the community? So I've had an established office on the west side of Aurora for 15 years for my accounting practice and another 15 years doing other financial things. Um, I used to own a mortgage company at one point and a real estate company and just decided that I really, really loved and enjoyed you know, the tax aside and, and showing people how it works and all of that. So I've been established in Aurora, a lifelong resident. I've been in Aurora since I was six years old. Um, and so, um, but my office is on the west side of Aurora. Um, if anybody knows where syrup is, I hope you've had their breakfast. <laughs> um, I'm right around the corner from them on the west side of Aurora. That's incredible. And and I know that you, we've talked about this in the past, that you will come out to locations like colleges and high schools and middle schools, even elementary schools, and present on this topic and talk to not only young girls of color, but young boys of color and everybody that will listen to you because you want to get into these schools early on and talk about this. I'll come to living rooms. All right. I work for food. <laughs> Feed me. Give me Feed coffee. Feed me. I'll come talk You'll all come. you want. Yes. yes. And talk about finances. Absolutely. So I think as a family or as an organization or as a group, you want to be around like-minded people. 
You don't want to be the only one with this grand idea or these grand goals and nobody understands what you're talking about. So even having one person to like lock arms with and say, this is what we're doing. Let's keep each other accountable. Let's do this together. Let's encourage one another. Let's celebrate each other every time we reach a goal. And I love to set mini goals with people because once they hit one of those goals, just the way that it feels is so exciting and, and it just opens up a whole new world for you. So once you hit one, you want to hit a hundred, right? But I will come and talk to groups. Again, I'll come to your home and, and do a family meeting, if you will. And that way everyone's learning at the same time. I like people that. are asking questions that the other person might have not thought of. Yes. And the biggest thing that I've noticed is that women and men ask very different questions, even though they yield the same result. They have just a very different way of coming at things. And from a family perspective, if everyone's in on the conversation, then everyone's vested in the goal. Right. You know, whether it's this awesome vacation in five years, this dream vacation, or maybe buying our first home or our first investment property, or, I mean, these, these conversations turn from, oh my gosh, here she comes Mm. to they get so excited by the time I leave. They're just, there's this like electricity and this, this, excitement in the room um, of what can we do next and what can we do with what we just learned. Right. Because not only are they having the conversation, but now they're holding each other accountable for it. Absolutely. That's incredible. Well, Martha, I've had such a great time talking to you about such a scary subject sometimes. And then of course, all these taboo terms and I, I really hope that folks will take you up on that offer, that you can come out to the colleges, the schools at an early age and start talking about this conversation. Finances are taught at home. They're not necessarily taught in the school system. Correct. And that's unfortunate. We see it time and time again. Students get into college debt and high price credit cards and loans and so forth. And and having those conversations really needs to start at an early age. It does. Like you said. But even if you've already gotten yourself in that, mm. my specialty where I really rock it out is getting you out of debt. Unraveling. Yes. So I have helped people get completely out of debt, including their mortgage, student loans, cars, equity lines, credit cards. I mean, all your debt in nine years or less. Nine years or less. Nine years or less. Even if you just bought your home today, I can show you how to pay it off in nine years or less. And it's not smoke and mirrors and it's not gimmicks. It's literally math and common sense. Mm. So if you know what to do and you know why you're going to do it, you will get it accomplished. You will help them with the how. Absolutely. Nice. I love that. I and I really appreciate your transparency and your honesty because we need more of that. And we need accountable folks in the community to be able to talk about these hard topics, but then also guide and help, you know, the, those that really want to achieve their financial freedom yes. to be at the place where they need to be and want to be. Yes. To get to the So those I goals. do these classes too or mini meetings or whatever you want to call them and I do them in Spanish as well. Ah, see. Um, and so that comes back around to why is my niche women of color? Mm. Number one, if you teach a woman, you teach an entire community, you teach an entire generation. Women are very generous with knowledge. Once we learn something, we want our girlfriends and our neighbors and our daughters and our nieces and everybody to know how this great thing is working for us. Right. So I love to teach women. And the reason I want to teach women of color is because in my personal experience, these conversations aren't happening at our kitchen table. 
you know, we'll talk about the novella and we'll talk about all these other things that are going on. And that's great. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. But there are really important key conversations that we need to be having with one another. And again, as women, we're the nurturers and the caretakers for our families and our friend groups. So if I can give one woman all the knowledge that she needs to get her foundation or to strengthen that foundation if it's already been built, to get her out of debt or teach her all about con uh, these financial concepts that are going to be helpful for her, then I know for sure if I've helped one, I've helped a hundred. Yes. Yes. My mom used to say, si te vales por ti misma, vales más. Absolutely. Which means if you can value, bring value to yourself, you are valuable to everyone. Yeah. That's incredible. So one of the things I live by is hoy por mí. Mm. Mañana, hoy por ti, mañana por mí. Yes. Right. So today I'm doing this for you because tomorrow I might need you to do something for me. Yes. Not in a like quid pro quo kind of way. Right. That's but not in the a, way. if I'm coming to you and I'm serving you and I'm helping you and I'm bringing you something that's going to help you, then maybe down the line when I need something, you'll be generous enough to come and help me with whatever I need. And we got to do for one another and help one another, empower, strengthen, give yes. wisdom to all of these beautiful things. And, and can I just tell you, that's exactly what Women of Aurora was founded on. And that's the why I joined. Yes. The <laughs> opportunity to be able to bring women like you to share your, your knowledge, your content, your know-how that you have embedded in yourself, that you are living, breathing, and talking about on a daily basis to a group that will then empower by teaching. So let me tell you we, why I joined Women of Aurora, because yes. you don't know this. Well, I'm going to ask you that question, so go ahead and answer it. <laughs> I saw you speak on a Zoom call in another group that we were both a part of. Really? And you talked about your cups drive. Oh. You talked about your mom and how you lost her to breast cancer mm -hmm. and how you took that pain and you turned it into something powerful to have this bra drive to give bras to women, you know, like at Hesed House and all these other places. And I was so touched by that because I live by don't let what's that ha something happen to you. If it knocks you down, it will. It will. But don't stay there. You're right. Get back up, dust yourself off. And then what can I do with that now? Let me turn that pain into power. Let me go help someone. And the minute that you help someone else, you feel better. You heal. You empower yourself and you empower others. So I just fell in love with you oh from gosh. that Zoom meeting. And the second I saw you start your group, I'm like, I have to, have to, have to be a part of that group. And I'm just so grateful to be a part of it and to have learned so much and met so many wonderful women that are, I have literal great friends now yes. that I've met from our networking events. And so, I mean, I absolutely love it. And I'm just so grateful to be a part of it and to contribute even in the smallest way. Oh, Martha, you make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is incredible to hear you feel empowered, to feel safe, to feel welcomed, to be a part of this group. And I'm so grateful that you are in it. And the fact that you never know when you are in a position to speak or to share how many people you are touching, how many people you are reaching. I am so glad that you are decided to join, but then also that my message reached you and now that your message is reaching others. Yes. Cause Thank that's you. what it's about. Thank you. You plant the seed and you get a harvest. Yes. So what kind of seed are you planting? Yes. Always think about that. Yes. So, so that's going to lead me to my final question. What? If any of the books you've read, because we've talked about this, that you are an ample reader, mm -hmm. but if you could recommend one book to our audience, 
what book would it be and why? Um, I really loved Tony Robbins' uh, Money Book. Mm. It's a very, very, very thick book, and it's overwhelming when you look at it as a whole. But just like everything that I do in life, I take it in bite-sized pieces, and I teach it that way. That book has incredible decades upon decades of knowledge in it. Tony Robbins took the time to interview the top people at the peak of their careers and ask them, what did you do? What would you tell someone else? What can you teach someone? And it's all in that one book. Mm. Everything you've ever wanted to know about investing, it's a wealth, a plethora of knowledge. And it's all in Tony Robbins's money book. And uh, just take it one little chapter at a time. Even if you read one chapter a month, you're going to learn a ton. It's going to empower you to make better decisions. And you're going to learn a lot of really, really, really life-changing tips in that book. Thank you. I think Tony Robinson is a great inspiration. And yes. Mm-hmm. And I think you've seen him in person. I've too, actually or... gone to a couple of yeah. his events and participated, walked on coal and, you know, like hot burning coal. Yes, I did. Wow. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> and um, when I'm walking or whatever, I'm always got a podcast or a sermon in. So TD Jakes, Tony Robbins, those are my dudes. Yes. And they go on walks with me every morning. Oh, my goodness. Well, I cannot wait for this to air because I think folks are going to find you such a fresh breath of air and really feel empowered after talking to you. I know I have. So thank you again, Martha, for being here with me and being here with Amy. Thank you, Amy, for all the fantastic work that you are doing to help us put together Women of Aurora podcast. Yes. Thank you, ladies. Many thanks to our producer, Amy Downing of Amy Downing Media and Marketing. Looking for a space to create connections in Aurora, Illinois? Join the Women of Aurora Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know in the Facebook group and be sure to tell a friend. If you haven't yet, remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. See you next time.